We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris Van Vliet! Oh man, welcome back to another one here on Insight. I'm CVV Chris Van Fleet, and that right there is the debut of our new theme music performed by none other than Downstate. Yes, the same band who does theme songs for Cody Rhodes, The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Chelsea Green, Matt Cardona, Alex Riley, and so many others. They do the theme for Insight 2. Oh, man. And you can go check out the interview that I did with Zach Call, the lead singer of Downstate. If you go in the Wayback Machine here, it's episode number 474 from May of last year. A huge thank you to Downstate for not just recording this. They came up with this whole thing. We went back and forth. The creative process was, these guys are just so good. The creative process was just so easy. So if you're looking for a theme song as a wrestler, if you're looking for a theme song as a YouTuber or a podcaster, reach out to Downstate and see what they can do for you. And of course, Thank you for being here and for making Insight one of the top wrestling podcasts on the planet. You know who follows the show? Downstate follows the show. So could you do me just one small favor? Could you be like Downstate? And if you've ever enjoyed any interviews we've ever had on the show, could you just hit that follow button on the platform that you're listening on right now? It helps the the show grow so, so much. And would you look at that? We have the TNA world champion on the show. Moose is with us. And we did this interview in Vegas the morning after he beat Alex Shelley for the TNA world championship at Hard to Kill. And after he beat him, of course, that celebration was interrupted by Nick Nemeth making his TNA debut. You, of course, know Nick as Dolph Ziggler from WWE. Think about this. Moose has been the guy in TNA for the last few years. And he's been the guy for a reason. He brings it every single time that you see him, whether that's in the ring or it's on the mic. And if you haven't watched Hard to Kill, first of all, that whole show, top to bottom, was fantastic. But the storytelling in this main event with Moose and Alex Shelley was just amazing. Go check that out. And you might remember, Moose's contract from in TNA, I guess it was called Impact at the time, but Moose's contract was coming to an end last year. 
and he had interest from both WWE, and he had interest from AEW. And he decided to stay in TNA, and he signed the longest contract in TNA history. So we talk about everything that went into that decision. And also, Moose is shredded now, by the way. Like, if you look at the Moose that debuted eight years ago, and you look at the Moose now, like, night and day, look like two completely different people. Please snap a screenshot, share this out on social media, and tag us so that we can share it as well. He's at The Moose Nation on Twitter. He's at Moose Nation 69 on Instagram. Why are you giggling? And I'm at Chris Fanfleet. Let's do this. Please welcome the TNA world champion, Moose. Well, there it is. Hey, look at that thing. Yeah. Man. Is it okay? I've already, I'm already touching it. Great. great it's okay. Great. If, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, you're a much nicer man when you're not in the ring. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm a I'm calm moose right now, dude. They did such a great job. Great with job. This. Like before they did the revealing, I um I actually thought that it would make sense if they just brought back the old TNA title, right? Right. But then I saw this and I was like, you know what? This is much prettier. Well, it's a new era of TNA yeah, too, yeah. right? So right. Yeah. why not have a new championship? Yeah, they did a great job. Whoever crafted this did an excellent job. So you, I mean, you held the other TNA World Heavyweight Championship when yeah. when you self-proclaimed yeah, self-proclaimed <laughs> champion. We all know the reasons behind that, but um, but it's actually it feels great actually holding the real thing and being actual TNA World Champion. Yeah, how does it feel that TNA's back? Great. It's, it's something that within the boys that we've always talked about and we've always said to each other, like, what if we TNA came back and we wasn't Impact Wrestling anymore? We're just TNA. Like, and nobody I didn't know personally, um, they never told me anything. I'm the last person that finds out about anything that's going on. And I remember the night, um, I think Josh was in the main event and everybody was like, make sure you watch the monitors after the match. In my head, I was like, what's going on? It's like, is CM Punk coming in? Because he was a free agent. That's that right. Point. Yeah, I was like, yeah. is CM Punk coming in? No way. Like, well, I'm going to watch the monitor. And then the match is over and the reveal happens. And there was a reaction video. And you could see me jump up, get on the chair, and start chanting, TNA, 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 like with the rest of the boys. I, I think... That was probably the most epic part of the year last year for us. There's something about the nostalgia that's tied to those three letters. Yeah. Like everybody remembers when TNA first started 20 plus years ago and all the incredible matches then. I think that that idea is what people are so tied to with this brand. And the fact that TNA is back, man, look, it's an exciting time in wrestling in general. But the right. fact that TNA is back is Dude, incredible. Even the shows we did we did after the announcement that TNA was coming back, you could feel the energy just change within the fans. Mm. Like as soon as the show starts, the crowd is chanting TNA, TNA, and TNA. And you know, you've been on a few wrestling shows, <laughs> and you know, in a three-hour show, by the end of the by the main event, the fans are tired and they're yeah, like yeah. worn out. And it's kind of you gotta try to pick them back up, like especially if, you, if you're in the main event. But in the shows we did after the announcement, they never died. Yeah. They were always alive. They were chanting TNA, TNA, yeah. TNA, TNA the whole night. So I already knew. I was like, man, Hard to Kill is going to be a huge night. And I get the main event that. 
Yeah. I get to be in the main event of the first ever relaunch of TNA. Like, dude, awesome. It, Hard to Kill was so good. Every match in that card, start to finish, was amazing. Mm. Your match was, the storytelling in that was so good. You winning the championship. Appreciate it. And then after and then that. Afterwards, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anybody was expecting what happened afterwards. Obviously, I wasn't expecting it either. Um, but just rethinking the whole moment. I thought, because obviously they, they set it up like in weeks prior that, oh, there's going to be a huge signing and this person is showing up at Hard to Kill. And they said, and like, then, you won't believe who's and there. And you so won't believe like, oh, who's there. Okay, and so this has got to be massive. I think the way they set it up, they announced Dana Brooks in a women's championship yeah. match. And everybody thought, oh, man, Dana Brooks, that's awesome. That's the new signing at TNA. I mean, yeah. Scott DeMore was talking about. Yeah. So nobody thought anything was going to happen. And then I win the title and I'm celebrating. And Nick comes out from any, nowhere and kicks my ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, kicked your face. Yeah, in. yeah. He's going to get his back. But uh, um, um, yeah, and I mean, it's it just shows how great the year's starting off. And it's only going to get better. I promise you that it's only going to get better. I don't think anybody had it on their bingo card that Nick Nemeth would be wearing a TNA right. t-shirt with the crowd chanting TNA yeah. with him inside, you know, in the TNA crowd. Right. And we said prior, before we even started this interview, a holy shit chant just from us being in the ring, facing off with each other. It's like, yeah. And that's, that's like, whenever that match happens, um, if it happens, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you got to give him that match, you know? I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he has, has to earn it. Yeah, he has to earn it. Yeah. And then he has to get his face kicked in back <laughs> for doing whatever, what, what he did to me a few weeks ago. Yeah. When was the last holy shit chant that you had? Oh, man. It's. Do you even remember? I don't remember. It's when like, you're in it, can you even hear? the the chance do you do you pay attention to that or are you just so focused on the moment i'm so focused on the moment and what's going on and um what i'm gonna do next and what's going on that sometimes i just have to tune out the crowd um but it's i mean there's sometimes i listen to the crowd because obviously the the crowd dictates what i'm gonna do or what my opponent's gonna do and what we need to do but there's sometimes that okay we have to tune them out for a second because i have to catch my breath first of all to yeah. go 10 more minutes and like so to answer that question the last holy shit honestly i maybe when i wrestled rhino he put me through a ladder i'm sure that was a holy shit moment but i couldn't tell you over the top of my head like I would never forget that moment with me, me and Nick face to face. And that, I mean, yeah. that's just the beginning of it too. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you guys are going to have a great match or several great matches. Yeah. And, and I'm sure he's going to have great matches with other talented guys on our roster. Like, yeah. Um, and people that there's a, there's a crazy thing about it. Like you go on Twitter and you see all these idiots that never watch the product and only say bad things, but then you watch the product. And as soon as you watch it, you hook. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I didn't know TNA was this fucking good. Yeah. Like, and we are like, we're, we're, we, I think, in my personal opinion, are the best wrestling company from top to bottom. People need to stop sleeping on TNA. Right. Like, the in ring stuff yeah. is so good. Literally, every match last L last night. night knocked it out of the park. Like, yeah. I watched the whole pay per view and 
I, How did you watch the pay-per-view? The show ended at like 9 or 10. Oh, I'm, my greatest gift is probably my greatest cur- curse. <laughs> it's one of those things that like when I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to tune out everything and focus on that one specific thing 110%. And when I decided I was going to be a wrestler, yeah. this is my job. This is like what I do. So I watch a lot of wrestling. Um, I lot, watch a lot of old wrestling. Um, I watch a lot of my favorite wrestlers growing up, and I take little things from every little person and create who Moose is, you know? So so, so the show ended last night, and then you went and watched the show? Watched the whole show, yeah. I mean, I have that athlete Amazing. mindset. It's like when I play, I mean, people forget I played football for half my life. Um, so it's one of those things that after practice, what do you do? Yeah. Watch film on practice. Yeah. After a game, what do you do? You watch film on the games because you're trying to see how you can get better for the next practice and for the next game. Yeah. And I take that same approach for wrestling. After wrestling, I go back to the film room and I watch it. Oh, what should I have done better? Did I know? Did I react to the crowd a certain way? Should I have done this better? Should I have sold this better? What should have my facials on this moment right here? So I take it very, very, very serious. I think people don't put two and two together there. Like obviously in sports, you're watching tape and trying to get better. I think people assume when you're watching wrestling, you're watching it like it's you know fun, like you're watching it for entertainment. Right. And I and that's not me at all. At this stage of my career. I look at wrestling just like I did with professional football and just football in general. It's, I love it. It's my job and I want to perfect it. And the only way to perfect it is to constantly practice and watch yourself and honestly grade yourself. Mm. Like there's sometimes I might have some performance and I might go to the back and people be like, oh, that was a great match. But then I watch it and I'm like, oh, at best that's a C plus. <laughs> like so how would you grade your match with Alex Shelley from Hard to Kill? Honestly, I think my match with Alex Shelley was top five best matches I've had. Good. Okay. I was, I was gonna say if you were like, oh, it was a yeah. C plus, it'd be like, hell no. No, no, no. It was top five, one of the best matches I've had. And I have tons of respect for Alex. I think he's one of the greatest minds in pro wrestling. Um he's a he's a great, uh, excellent wrestler. And then you put him and Saban together, and I think they're by far the best tag team in the world. Um, but like just being in that moment with him and just, I even learned things as I'm in the ring with him, things that he does, subtle things that he does that nobody notices. Like um, he's always like, if you watch a- Alex Shelley match, he's always playing with the fans and like trying to get them going. And he, and it's, it's like, and I'm watching it. I'm like, that's something I need to start doing. Mm. Yeah. Even as a heel? Even as a heel. Like, I mean, obviously I don't do it. I, I don't need their energy, but I could do it in a different way, in a hillish way, you know? Yeah. And that's something you he's always doing. He's always playing with him. He's always, he's he's never not doing something. And that's a great asset, asset in pro wrestling. He's never not doing something. He's always either selling. And when he doesn't move, He's like, give me your energy, give me your energy, give me your energy, get into the match, get into the match. And as a fan, you see a guy working his ass off doing that, that makes you want to, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and he's, so he's, little things like that is like, that, that's one thing I got from him five minutes into the match. It's like, mm. oh man, like, he's, he's uh, tons of respect for him. 
So we've got a lot in common. Obviously, we both love wrestling, and evidently we love great conversations about wrestling, but I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that if you're like me, you also like to save a dollar or two, or maybe 10. And that's been the case since I signed up for Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It also monitors your spending and helps to lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users, myself included, and they've helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So yeah, they'll go in and they'll find those subscriptions that you completely forgot you signed up for, and they'll do the hard work of canceling those subscriptions for you and saving you that money. So stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash CVV. That's rocketmoney.com slash CVV, rocketmoney.com slash CVV. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. I wouldn't just eat it for breakfast. I would eat it for lunch or dinner or, you know, that meal before bed. But as I got older, I was being more cautious of sugar and empty carbs. Magic Spoon has all of the amazing flavors that you love in a cereal, but high protein and less sugar. Their variety pack has four flavors. I love them all. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And this pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein. Yeah, you heard that right. And only four to five grams of net carbs. It's only 140 calories per serving. So it's high protein, zero grams of sugar, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. I listed off a lot of great flavors there. Fruity's probably the one that I'm eating the most. It's kind of like a delicious bowl of nostalgia. It's like a wholesome bowl of nostalgia. Try it for yourself. Go to magicspoon.com slash CVV to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use my promo code CVV at checkout and you'll save $5 off your order. So start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash CVV and use that code CVV to save $5 off. I don't think people talk about your selling enough. <laughs> Thanks. Dude, especially someone who is the size that you are, you sell so well right. and, and you make it so believable. Um, so it's two things with that. Um, when I first got into wrestling 10, 11 years ago, I was in a company called Ring of Honor and I met a guy called Chris Hero. And one thing Chris Hero told me that always stuck with me he, was, he told me exact words. He was like, you're not going to be be determined on how good you are about the things you do offensively. We're going to determine how good you are about how you sell. Mm. And that always stuck to me. And another thing, part two, one of my favorite wrestlers um, to this day is Brock Lesnar. And the reason why he's my favorite wrestler is for despite the wrong reasons. Because, uh, yes, he's a monster. He's a beast. He kills people. But that's not why I like him. Uh. He's, the, in my opinion, the best seller in pro wrestling. Um, I've literally watched a match with him versus Ric Flair. And 60-year-old Ric Flair. And in that match, I literally thought the 60-year-old man was going to beat this beast. And all due to this beast selling. 
And just watching that, I knew, okay, whenever I get to this spot, I have to do a good enough job as he's doing or a better job than him to be successful and be good at this. And um, that's every time I go in a match, if a guy tells me, oh, I'm working a body part, I know the whole night I'm going to sew. My goal is for them in the headpiece to ask the ref to ask him, is he really okay or is he selling? That's my goal to get him to ask me that. (laughs) Yeah, I think what's so good about it is you make it seem like the other guy could win at any point in time. Right. Uh, And the the way that you sell big moves, you're like, I mean, you're 6'6", yeah. And you're flopping around like you're, you know, five foot six or something like that. Appreciate it. Appreciate it's amazing. It. Thanks. 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 Um, it's, it's a lot of work, man. It's, um, like I said, when I told myself I was going to leave that life of football and get into professional wrestling, I, I put 110% into it and getting in shape, losing weight, being more agile, um, putting countless time in a film room watching some of my favorite wrestlers and um, some of my some of, some of my friends are like some of the best wrestlers in the world. So they're just them being my friends. Um, I, I I learn from like Eddie Edwards, one of my one of my best friends. Um, I look at him as a brother, and um, I've learned so much from Eddie. Um, I did one of my longest tours in Japan. It was probably like five weeks, four or five weeks was with Eddie. And just in that short um, period of time, I learned so much about Japanese wrestling and how they do things different there. And then you have Brian Myers that, um, it's funny that I name him. He's a good friend of mine, but we just became close in the last maybe year. Um, And just in this last year, a lot of people don't give credit to Brian on his knowledge for wrestling, like things that he does as a heel that is so freaking good. And I get to learn from him every day because for a while we was a tag team. Um, then you got guys at other companies like Ricochet, probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Um, um, real good friend of mine. And I get to learn from him. Um, um, the guy that if... Scott Demore, a mentor, big brother role for me, um, actually brought me into wrestling. Probably one of the greatest minds in wrestling. I get to learn from him. Um, I, I just think because of who I put myself around, um, that's probably part one of the reasons why I'm in this position I am today. Like um, just being around great human beings. Apollo, I forgot to mention him. Such a great wrestler. In my opinion, I think he's being underutilized right now up where he's at, but he's a, a, a great wrestler, um, great friend of mine. And I get to learn from him. It's like um, just um, without those guys, all those names I mentioned, and probably some that I'm missing, I wouldn't be in the position I am. When you talk about getting into shape, you didn't just get into shape. No, like, I, yeah. When you look at your before and you look at your after, and especially when you look at your the shape you were in at Hard to Kill and your entrance, like you're shredded. Everyone's talking about, oh man, Randy's in great shape. AJ Styles is in great shape. Moose is in insane shape. Thank you, thank you. That just goes to my, first of all, I couldn't be in that shape without a guy we both work with. Yeah. AJ Sims, um, probably the best. At Cement Factory. At Cement Factory, at Instagram. The greatest coach that you could have. Actually, great 
individual. Well, yeah, what being. a great like, dude. Like, we love you, AJ. Like, yeah, yeah, he's just a great human being. Um, but then it goes to my mindset. Like when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to put 110% effort into it. So when I told myself that, and this, this, I mean, this is not the first time I've like trimmed down to get into how I look like now. Um, I firstly, I first met AJ in during COVID, and I was a little big, chubby, probably two seven, two eighty five, two ninety, and I told myself, you know what, I'm gonna get in the best shape of my life because I've never done it, and I think that's one thing that I haven't done that, and because of that. I haven't been able to break that barrier of like the top wrestlers in the industry. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't look like a top guy. Like I don't look like a Randy Orton, how he looks or like a Brock Lesnar. I'm just a fat guy that is athletic, you know? I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, that's how my <laughs> okay. mindset was. So I told myself, you know what? I'm going to treat this like I treat everything else in life. I'm going to put 110% to get in the best shape of my life. And I met, luckily I met AJ and he rolled out a plan, stuck to it. And I went from 295 to the leanest he got me was three years ago was maybe 250. Wow. Um, yeah. But as we both know, being that lean is not, you can't, you can't live like that. Yeah. No. That is impossible. Yeah. So I gained a little weight and then I gained probably about 20 pounds and, when they told me I was going to be in the main event of the relaunch of TNA, I was like, you know what? I have to go mental and get back in better shape and beat how I looked like three years ago. Um, and AJ put down the plan, same plan that you have. Um, yeah. And I put 110% into it and I looked crazy yesterday. Got so many compliments from friends and colleagues and people for that work in other companies about how I look and we AJ still getting hit up by a bunch of wrestlers trying to get to, get him to help them well, so you, it's a great thing it's when great. you look at his resume of everybody that he's worked that he's with worked and with I'm going like, to miss yeah. a whole bunch of names but it's like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa mm -hmm. Elias you Apollo Drake Maverick EC3, EC3. yeah me, although I'm not a wrestler. No, but, but you look great. Dude. Thank you. I got in the best shape of my yeah, life when I turned great. 40. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I've lost 25 pounds right. in that process. <coughs> but it's a lot of work. It's a lot, it's a lot of it's work. A lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of work. But and the funny thing is, people think we look like this and all we do is eat cereal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, I talk to my friends, I'm like, because I after a, a heavy leg day, Sometimes I would eat like a box and a half. A box and a half? Amount of cereal. And people just instantly think that I eat a box and a half of cereal every single day. And oh. like, so you look like this and you eat a box and a half of cereal. It's like, I have to sign up with this guy. But like, no, you still have to do, put in the work. You still have to do your faster cardio. You still have to yep. do your post-workout cardio. You still have to eat your six-ounce chicken and 100 grams of rice, depending on what the day is. You still have to put in the work. But yeah. Every day you're gonna have some kind of treat that's gonna make you want to do it the next day. It's like it's not like I've had a lot of coaches. I've had a lot of coaches, and the reason why AJ is the best because he sets it up that it's actually doable, and it's not just you eating chicken and rice every single day, yeah. every single meal, and like no, it's like for me, 
Well, my plan, and it's probably similar to yours, I get cereal every day after workout. But the fact that we're even talking about, like, you have your own plan, I have my yeah, own plan, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. has their own specific plan. I think that that is something that needs to be talked about more. Right. I think people think it's this cut and paste, like, here's the plan. No, no, everybody. no. Everybody's, no. everybody is different. Like, we can get every guy Asia has worked with, and all our <laughs> plans are completely different. Completely different. I didn't yeah, eat yeah. any chicken. And I, oh, yeah. I, okay. So, yeah. I, I was on it for 13 weeks. I didn't eat a single piece of chicken. Right. Yeah. And that's going to blow people's minds because everybody thinks it's chicken and rice. Yeah. I was a lot of lean ground turkey. Right. I had a lot of lean beef. Right. And I had bison. Yeah. Those were my, and eggs, of course. Those were my proteins. Right. What are yours? Uh, see, mine changes. So, so sometimes it'll be, oh, 99.1 ground turkey. Yeah. Sometimes people be like, okay, now you can get to 97.3 ground turkey. Sometimes people be like, oh, we want chicken. Sometimes it would be like halibut. Like it oh, changes. I didn't get like, any halibut. Yeah, like, I got so some shrimp. It, 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 same thing, shrimp. Sometimes yeah. sometimes it changes, but um, no salmon. For, for this cut, it was mostly chicken and 99.1 ground turkey. Yeah. So like super yeah, lean. Well. Yeah. Super yeah. lean. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, so Ethan Page, you've seen the shape that he's yeah, got yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah. He's working with um, Cesar. Cesar Bonar, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, what's this deal where you guys get to eat cereal? Yeah. I don't eat cereal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, every, like, I, like I said, I've worked with different coaches and some coaches don't like the cereal method. Some, co I, some coaches do. And um, I just love that my coach, the one that actually <laughs> matters, likes the cereal thing, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it, it worked. It worked, and it works. Like, it's proven it works, so. And you look like, I mean, you look like the champ. You are the champ. You Thank look you. like Appreciate a guy who you. should be holding that championship. Thank you. At your very heaviest in the NFL to your leanest now, what's the difference in weight? Oh, man, my very heaviest, I was probably 318, 319. Well, you're and, an offensive lineman, yeah, right? Yeah, offensive lineman. And the leanest AJ ever got me was probably 240. Seven. Wow. Yeah. That's a but lot. It was weight. Like I felt super depleted. Like I felt like just walking up and down the stairs was was hard for me. Yeah. And we talked about it and I was like, you know what? I want to stay around 255-ish, maybe two 260-ish. Like this cut, like I don't want to go below that. And um, we did a good job. And for the next pay-per-view, we're even thinking about bulking up to maybe 260s, 265 to see how I look Man, that heavy and yeah. lean. So, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
So you re-signed the longest contract in TNA history. Yes. Last year. You had some options to go elsewhere. Yes. You had interest from AEW. Mm -hmm. You had interest from WWE. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to stay in TNA? Oh, there's a few things. Number one, I'm um I'm a very loyal person. And um my relationship with Scott Damore, um I Honestly, I wouldn't be in the position I am today if I never met Scott 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago. Um, so it's hard for me to ever say no to him when we're discussing, you know what I'm saying, numbers and what my future would be. Uh, because like, I feel like in this business, um, first of all, I played in the NFL for seven plus years. I've made a ton of money doing that. Um, so money was never uh, pressure to me. And you were good with your money? I was good with my money. Um, fortunately, I was good with my money. Because I'm sure a lot of your teammates were not. I mean, that's, that's, you, hear, you hear bad stories. Yeah. Um, luckily for me, fortunately for me, um, I did good. I saved a good bit. Um, so money has never been... You know what I'm saying? Something that rained heavy over my head, like, oh, I need money. I, I need so. Um, but I'll stick to Scott for right now for the first reason. Um, my relationship with Scott playing in the NFL so for so long and knowing that that business could be so cutthroat and you could get they could really let you go in any second. Um, but my relationship with Scott is it's more than just a boss talent relationship. It's almost like big brother, little brother. So he's had to um, be my coach, be my friend, and be my boss. So now I had to think about that. Like, if I go to AEW, I don't have a relationship with Tony. So he's literally just my boss. If I go to WWE, I don't have a relationship with Hunter. He's really just my boss. So some of the things that some of the situations I could potentially be in is just a boss talent conversation where here in TNA is a friend first friend, friend conversation, a big brother, little brother conversation. Then there's a boss talent conversation. So I had to throw that in, you know what I'm saying? Mm. To that, that was a big decision maker for me. Um, number two, because I've made money playing over seven years in the NFL, money wasn't a huge burden for me where I needed money. So going to AEW or going to WWE wasn't, the money wasn't attractive, you know what I'm saying? Because I've made that, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and for me, the guys who know me would tell you, I everybody loves me because that's my goal is to make everybody love me. But some people like hate dealing with me because my greatest gift is also my greatest curse. I take wrestling so seriously that if I'm going to go somewhere, I, I know how good I am as a wrestler. Um, I know that in my humble opinion, I'm one of a kind. I know what I could do in ring. I know how I look physically. I know that I could talk on the mic. So if I'm not in a spot that I deserve, I should be. Money isn't. Money is not attractive to me to get me to 
be happy with where I'm at. I want to play. I don't want this much money to be on the bench. Mm. I want to be on the field. So I had to think about that. And at that point, I don't know if I was confident, confident enough to make that jump and be the starter. I don't know. That's wrestling is one of those things that it doesn't matter on how talented you are. It matters on how somebody perceives you. Mm. So your control is out of your hands. So you knew the position you had in TNA. Yeah. But AEW or WWE, you didn't know how you'd be used there. I know how good I am. Sure. And I know if I go to any of those companies, I should be up there with whoever their, their superstars and top guys are. Yeah. But like I said, the difference between wrestling and pro sports is it doesn't matter about how talented you yeah. are. It matters about whoever's writing the script, how they perceive you. So I could be the best athlete, best look, best on the mic, or and the guy writing the stories thinks the next guy's better, and I get to stay at home. You teased working with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Was that just like, let's have some fun on Twitter, or is that something you actually wanted to do? No, honestly, like I said, wrestling is some. I respect Roman. I think he's our generation's... Hulk Hogan or John Cena, whatever you want to call it. So to me, it was just, it was an opportunity. With, there was the whole, what was it? What was Forbidden it Door. Forbidden Door yeah. thing. And who knew? I mean, Mickey Jane was working with us as the knockouts champion and she went to the Rumble. So it was a way for me to see, hey, let me throw, <laughs> flip a coin and let's see what happens with this, you know? Yeah. Um, Roman Reigns was their top guy. I respect him. I think he's a great, talented, one of the best wrestlers. Like I said, our generation's Hulk Hogan. And I know who I am as a pro wrestler. And, I mean, that's a matchup that I think a lot of people would want to see. And so I still think it's a match matchup a lot of people would want to see. And who knows with the way wrestling is going, right? So, um, but, th yeah, those were my my big two reasons for staying with, staying with TNA is um, – that's pretty much it. Um, Does this mean you've signed this long contract? Does that mean you think you'll retire in TNA? Um, I can't answer that question because I don't know. I can't tell the future. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you literally if I'm even going to wake up tomorrow, you know? So um, I can't speak for that. But I will say this. I'm not one of those guys that you see that wants to wrestle till he's 60 or 50 years old. That's never been my goal. I want to be able to leave wrestling young and still be able to run around and play with my kid and be active and um, do fun things. Um, so I can't tell you that I'm going to retire in TNA, but I do know for a fact that I'm not going to, I'm not one of those guys that's going to wrestle for till he's 50 years old. And I'm, I turned 40 this year. Yeah, so. you turned 40 this year. Yeah. Uh, I, so I can't answer that question. It, it all depends on how I feel physically. Um, if I still have confidence in my abilities to still perform the way I perform now. And if I feel like there's any dip, in that down the road, then I'll hang it up. How do you feel about turning 40 this year? I just turned 40 last year and I thought it'd be this big thing. And 
don't know, life just kind of rolled on. Um, honestly, age is nothing but a number to me because right now I feel better than I was when I was in my twenties. So better than when you were in the NFL. I feel ten times better than when I was in the NFL. Wow. I feel, um, I feel better. I I think I'm faster than I was. I know I'm faster than I was. I'm more athletic than I was. Do you think it's, you could beat your combine times now? Yes, in every single thing. Really? In, All of them? In bench what, press. What in, are your combine numbers? Um, I ran a 40 at 294 and a 4.98 or 4.99. Pretty great for a line. Um, I think at 2 right now, 55-ish, if I think if I trained to run a 40, I probably could run like a 4.7. <laughs> like, I honestly could run At like almost a 40 seven. years old. Who yeah. are you, T.O.? Yeah, like, Amazing. So, um, bench press, I did it 21 times. I know I could probably do 30 now. Wow. <laughs> like, uh, so I think I could beat my combine town times in every single facet right now. Wow. At the age 39. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So I feel better. But like, um, going back to the retirement thing, I, I can't answer that question. Am I going to retire in TNA? I mean, sure. I would, I would love to retire in TNA because I love TNA. TNA has been my home for the last seven, eight years, you know, and, Another thing, I forgot to mention this on why I, probably one of the biggest reasons why I decided to eventually stay with TNA. Right now, when you hear the words TNA, probably three wrestlers you think about. I know one for sure you think about AJ Styles. Sure. Um, I think a lot of people think about that era, right? Yeah. And a lot of people immediately go to that unbreakable 2005 match. Right. You know, Daniels and Samoa Joe and AJ. Yeah. I think that that, for a lot of people, is, is TNA. So, f for me, when you hear the words TNA, me personally, I think, of t I think of AJ Styles, I think of Abyss, and I think of the guy who founded TNA, Jeff Jarrett. And my goal is when my time is done with TNA, when you hear those words TNA, the first name you think about is most mm. what's the match you've had that you're the most proud of in tna hmm. there's been a bunch um obviously my match with shelly is up there uh my match with josh um the one when he finally beat me for the world championship just that whole story i like how hard it was for you to say that <laughs> <laughs> uh, just that whole storyline was magical and working with Josh he's another friend of mine that I forgot to mention earlier he's a great 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 wrestler and um, he does it so well and he's probably I mean he, there's a reason why they call him the standard barrier TNA right because um, I mean his knowledge for wrestling is just unmatched uh, And but yeah working with him very memorable moments and match and feud um, obviously, all my matches with Eddie are memorable to me because he's one of my best friends. Um, man. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a, there's a ton. Oh. Uh, there's a lot. When you talk about your friends, I think another really interesting one is Natty and TJ. Yeah. And there's been these videos of you working out in their dungeon and training in their dungeon. Yeah. And I think it's just so cool that you see these people from all these different companies mm -hmm. working together, all these veterans that are working together and iron sharpening iron in there. And 
that idea of the dungeon, I think, is just such a it's such a smart thing. Right. And, I, and so I, I became like in a short period of time really close with those two. And you know what's so crazy to me? Um, I didn't realize like I always knew TJ was a fantastic wrestler. Um, but I didn't really watch like girls wrestling that much. Like, um, but I didn't realize how great of a wrestler Maddie is until I started training with so her. Good. She like when I when we have these debates about your top three or your top five, to me she's number one. Wow. To me, she's number because I've seen her in training. We sometimes have practice matches, and I've seen her call a practice match with a girl from NXT or a young girl who's only been wrestling for maybe two years. And this is a match that you could probably see at a pay-per-view or a Raw or a SmackDown. Wow. And she's, like, literally carrying this young girl through this. And in my mind, I'm like, there's no other girl that I know of that could do that. Yeah. Like, to me, she's number one. Like, and I didn't realize how good she was until I saw training with her. And just those two two human beings, they're great, great friends of mine. Um, I, I wished I could see how great TJ would be now if he did that accident never happened with him. Um, but he's still a great mind for for wrestling. I, I still sometimes hit him up and ask him his ideas. For what do you think about this? Do you think this works? Why would you? I just like his his brain. I I just like learning from those guys. Like, um, and it's awesome to have them as your friends. Who are some of the famous roommates that you've oh, with? Man. There's been a lot. Oh, it's been a lot. Um, huh. You've had them on your show, Swerve, oh, Strickland. Okay. Yeah. Um, we live together. Um, Jordan Grace, our current knockouts champion. Um, her husband, good friend of mine, um, Jonathan Gresham. Um, EC3, Ricochet, Tessa Blanchard. Um, DJZ, now known as Joaquin, Joaquin Wild. Wild. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot. You've probably, yeah, you've probably yeah, seen yeah. some stuff. Yeah, I've seen it all. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen it all. But they're all great people. Like I, I, I can't say one bad thing about any of them. They're all great people. Who sleeps in the latest? Hmm. Sleeps in. That's a good one. And this isn't a bad thing. Maybe they just stay up late. Honestly, like honestly, we're all similar. We're all like real old, go to sleep early. Real old. Yeah. Except for last night. Yeah. I, I I'll tell you this. I, I think who sleep, who goes to sleep the earliest is probably EC3. That guy's so regimented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is. He's, he, EC3 is, um, he, he's not even a real person. He's, uh, he's Terminator. It's like, it's a machine in there. It's like, he's not even a real human being. That's what my beliefs is. Like, like, he's a walking machine. Yeah. I feel like you're a machine when it comes to your spear. Like, I, the the way that you do your spear is unlike anybody else. Oh, so funny story about the spear, and it's so annoying because sometimes, like, I'll go when I the 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 few times I will go on Twitter and I'll see some idiot like, "Oh, you stole Bobby Lashley's move," and it was like, first of all, uh, Bobby, great friend of mine, great individual. Um, so happy for his success 
But if you look at the the footage of when I started doing the spear, <laughs> the flip and spear, I started that in Ring of Honor in what 2014? 14. And Bobby was just doing a regular spear. Uh. Uh, so yeah. So but I didn't make the spear up. Everything is stolen in wrestling from somebody. Sure. So I remember training in training in wrestling in 2012. And um Curtis Hughes had a indie show that he just did. And we was watching some of the matches in his indie show. And there was some guy in it. I can't even tell you what his name is. He did a spear and he actually flipped in it. And I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. Like, I don't even know what I've seen. Like, yeah, yeah. he rewinded that. He rewinded it and I saw it again. I was like, I think I want that to be my finish. It makes sense. I'm a football player, right? Yeah. Like, um, now, can I flip when I spear somebody? And I did it, and it was so easy. And it didn't hurt my opponent. And I was like, well, this is my finisher. Was and there a point in Impact when you and Bobby were doing it at the same time? No. So when I signed with Impact, they told me, Bobby's been here. He's the guy. He's the world champion. You're the new guy. Yeah. We would want you to not do the spare anymore. And I totally get it. Yeah, I respect sure. it. Like I said, I have tons of respect for Bobby. I've learned so much from Bobby. Um, probably one of the nicest guys you'll meet. Like behind all that muscle and grittiness is a nice human being. And so, and I can tell personally, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and I respect him to death. So when they told me, when Biggs told me, hey, our champion, top guy, he's doing the spare. Can you think of something else? I was like, oh, easy. One of my favorite wrestlers at the time was Okada, and he does the Rainmaker. So I did my own variation of his his move, which I still do sometimes. There was a point in TNA when you were wrestling with no knee pads. Oh, yeah. And every time I see someone wrestling with no <laughs> knee pads, I'm like, yeah. are you crazy? Yeah. So the story behind that is actually really, really funny. Um, so I was doing an indie show, which TNA, another great thing about TNA, they allow you to do indie shows to get out there to work on stuff that like you could try in, in a match to make extra money. Um, so I was doing an indie show and it was for a buddy of mine. I'm a good, a good friend of mine, um, Sean Jacoby in San Diego. And he was having a birthday party for his 10 year old son. And his 10 year old son is a great, um, is, is a huge wrestling fan. So he calls me, he was like, Moose, can you do me a favor? I'm having a bunch of AAA guys come and I want to pay you whatever your rate is to wrestle in a match with against Phoenix in Pentagon. Um, I forgot who I even tagged with, but you'll be wrestling those guys. And it will be in my huge house, my backyard. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm wrestling in backyard of my good friend's house. Yeah. Um, I don't really have to do anything because it's like a festival show. Sure. I look at it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pack tights and boots. <laughs> so I get to the house, I put it on, and I'm like, oh, man, this actually doesn't look bad. Like, this actually, this looks really, really, really good. Um, and it's literally, I, I tucked my trunks into my boots and put in my suitcase. Oh, and so I, easy to travel. So easy yeah. to travel. So I was like, oh, my God, why haven't I done this for years? Like, so I did it. And the match was so easy. 
But I didn't realize, like, the reason why I worked, because I didn't really have to do anything in the match. It was a festival show. I didn't even have to take a bump. It was like, just ha-ha, you know what I'm saying? Making p- kids laugh or whatever. Yeah. So I tried it with TNA, and very short into my run of wearing no knee pads, I do a drop kick. I'm wrestling Bully. I think that's what it is, who I'm wrestling. And I do a drop kick, and I land straight on both my knees. <laughs> and... I thought I broke my kneecap. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought I broke my kneecap. And I was like, oh my God. And that pain stayed with me for like two weeks. And it was a quick decision. And like, yep, <laughs> going back to knee pads, going back to packing my heavy bags. <laughs> how many how many matches was it with no knee pads? Um, probably a good month. Okay. A month and a half run, so maybe five matches. So pretty but quick. The drop kick with Bully is what caused it to <laughs> go back to wearing knee pads. Yeah. Yeah. So you learned the hard way. I learned the hard way. <laughs> and it's so funny that when I did it, all of my friends, all the boys was like, that's the dumbest fucking thing you could ever do. Like, <laughs> I give you a month or two, you're going to go back to wearing knee pads. I'm like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, Greg the Hammer Valentine did it. Like, I'm naming all these wrestlers that did it. Like, they did it, and they lasted for a very long time. And Ric Flair practically does it because his knee pads would always fall yeah, down. Ric Flair really didn't really do anything athletic. As great as he is, yeah. like, he was more of a standard chop-chop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I do drop kicks. I do run up, land on my stomach. I do crazy stuff, so... For a guy doing the stuff that I'm doing, wearing knee pads, it was probably the dumbest idea ever. The dumb, definitely the dumbest thing I've ever done in wrestling for that month and a half for span of no knee pads. Yeah. Your chops are so loud. Oh. It, like, I think that people talk about Big Show's chops, obviously. They talk about Gunther's chops. Yours are right up there. Oh, um, it takes a lot of practice. And the funny thing about chops, I hate doing them. Really? People don't realize not only does it hurt your opponent, it hurts you because my hand at the end of the night is red and is like shaking by the end of the night. And people don't realize that. People hear the chop and it's like, oh my God, did you feel that guy's chest? You see his handprint? No, look at my hand. My <laughs> hand is like, it's almost like a boxer from boxing. What do they usually do after the fight? They put their hand in a bucket of ice because yeah. their knuckles are like tore up. That's how my hand feels. But there's this exchange at Hard to Kill where Shelly chops you. Yeah. It's loud. You chop him, it's like a gunshot. <laughs> and then he chops you, it's loud. You chop him, it's even louder this time. But the thing about, I, I learned throwing a proper chop from one of my good friends again. Um... I feel like this interview just me putting over my good friends. That's who you are. Yeah. Um, Jay Lethal, he taught me how to do a chop because I remember I wrestled Jay Lethal. We was in Ireland, maybe somewhere in Europe, uh, and we had a match. And it chopped me, and it made the loudest noise I've ever heard. But I didn't feel a thing. And I was like, what the hell? And then he did it again. And it made, it was like a gunshot. But I didn't feel a thing. And then after the match, I was like, yo, bro, you have to show me how you chop. Because it was really loud, yeah. but I didn't feel it. And he told me how to cup your hand 
to make the sound and it doesn't kill your opponents. You also look like you're doing it with not just your hand, like maybe some of your forearm too. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I do it the Japanese way, but it's usually my hand hitting you. My forearm doesn't really. Uh. There's some guys like Kink, Eddie Kingston. He does it the actual true Japanese way where he lays his forearm in you with his hand. Yeah, yeah. Me, I kind of de deceptively sh show you like I'm doing the Japanese way, but it's really just my my palms. It's me. very loud. Yeah, but it's um, a, lot, a lot of practice doing it. And then it, you, the guy you're wrestling has to be sweaty enough to get that loud. If you have the proper cup, and the guy's sweating properly, yeah. it's going to sound like a gunshot. What if they're too baby oiled up? Uh, Does that matter? No. Okay. No, not at all. It's the right amount of cup and the right amount of sweat. When you look back at... Well, but <laughs> I remember we was in Europe um, after they announced TNA, and it was me and Brian versus the Machine Guns. And... Everybody in the boys, you probably don't know this, but everybody in the back knows what happened because I gave Saban a chop that probably almost ended his career. <laughs> Legit almost ended his career. What happened? So it happens once in a while. Like it's probably happened to everybody, but it happened this night. It happened to happen. It was me doing it to Saban. So sometimes if you chop and the guy is either really sweaty or you don't cup hard enough, you hit and you slide up. So I chopped him and it slid up and it hit him right in the throat. And Saban literally didn't sell the chop, just got out the ring and walked to the back. And the whole time me, we're like, what's going on? Yeah. And Brian Myers, we had to spot Brian Myers was upside down and he, he just stayed there for like four minutes waiting for Saban to come back so we could finish the spot. Because I was like, oh, my God, did I just kill him? And afterwards, Brian Myers hit this. He tweeted. He was like, well, I witnessed <laughs> Moose Chop saving and almost end his career. Man. And everybody popped for it. Yeah, so. But what, that happens once, probably once a year for me, where I would chop and it slides up and it kills your throat. Yeah. And that's happened to me. Like, people have chopped me that way. And caught me so it's, it's something that happens and it's it's an accident it's never that's one of those purpose. things that look like it it doesn't hurt like if you're just watching it on tv you yeah. never know yeah but that's one of those things it's like oh geez i right. probably hurt a i lot. will tell you this learning wrestling i've been wrestling for 10 plus years now and i can now tell you officially that overhand chop hurts way more than a knife edge chop really I don't know why. I don't know. I don't understand the physics behind it, but I can tell you from experience that overhand chop hurts. Who does a great overhand chop? Oh, um, I don't know who does a great one. To me, the best one so far, because the only one I've ever gotten, it was from Shelly. And <laughs> after the first one, because he was going three for one, and he gave me the first three, and in my mind, I was like, fuck, I have six more of these. <laughs> oh. <laughs> shit <laughs> like, yeah so yeah um so right now save um shelly has the best overhand chop in wrestling history so and i'm never gonna take another one to find out who's number two so
I, Penta, I think Penta has a pretty great overhand shot. I would shot. never know because I'm never taking, I'm never taking another one of those. Like, so the really cool thing about the TNA roster right now is you've got some veterans who have been there and who have done it and who are some of the very best in the business. You've also got some great young talent in their 20s. So it's it's like TNA is in such a great spot right now. Yeah. And TNA is also going to be in such a great spot for years to come. From years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I honestly love our roster. I, I, I love the, the human beings on our roster. Um, there's nobody on our roster that you will ever be like, he's an asshole or he's a bad person or I don't want to be around that person or he's a shithead. And you hear that. In other companies, you hear you hear rumors. Obviously, yeah, not in Impact, not in TNA. I'm sorry, and I think that's because Scott Demore and management do a proper, fantastic, fantastic job looking into the guys they're bringing in and how is it going to work morale wise with the other guys they have already in the roster. And I, I we say this all the time and. You hear a lot of companies say this, and I think it's bullshit, but when I say it, I think it actually is very true that we are a tight family in TNA. We always want to see the next person succeed because we know if they succeed, the whole company succeeds and more eyes on us and everybody makes money. And it's never you never want to see somebody fail. You always want to see your colleague or your family or your brother or your best friend or the guy that you're going to war with inside the ring do great because if he does great, that means you did great. And that means the company did great. If you look back at your TNA debut eight years ago, 2016, what do you think about that version of yourself? Oh, a kid, a kid, green as grass. Um, uh, I, 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 I didn't know what wrestling was then. I thought I did, but. Knowing what I know now compared to when I came in then, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It might be difficult, but who's on your TNA Mount Rushmore? Oh, that's easy. Okay. That's very easy. Um, AJ Styles, Jeff Jarrett, Abyss, and Kurt Angle. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to put yourself on there. No, 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 not yet. But <laughs> ask me that question in five years. All right, we'll do this again in five years. In five years. Figure it out then. Yeah. It's it's amazing when you think of those four people and how different all of their styles are, mm-hmm. but how great the work was that they put in. Yeah. And really, they, they shaped a lot of what TNA was during that yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, some of, and people, a lot of people totally forget about Abyss when they talk about the Mount Rushmore of TNA. But if you think about all the crazy concepts of matches that TNA has, Abyss was a, was the guy who made some of those matches up, or he was in them. Like which ones? Um, like obviously Monsters Le- Ball, Monsters Ball, yeah, Abyss, huh? Lethal Lockdown. It was Abyss versus somebody, yeah. Um, the the match I had with um, Ravens, Clockwork, Funhouse, whatever it was, Abyss was in there with Raven, it's yeah. like. Some of this crazy matches that you've thought about that was created was the sole purpose for Abyss to show what he was good at. Um, and then if you talk about AJ Styles, obviously you have to put him in the Mount Rushmore because, like I said, that's the first name that comes up in people's yeah. heads yeah. when you hear about, when you say those three letters, TNA, 
Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, you have to put him because without Jeff Jarrett, they wouldn't be a TNA. Literally, they wouldn't. So he has to be your Mount Rushmore. He's the founder of the company. And then I think Kurt Angle, the reason why he has to go on that Mount Rushmore because Kurt Angle did for TNA what John Cena did for WWE. And I think that people don't give enough credit to how big it was when Kurt Angle debuted <clears throat> in TNA in 2000. <clears throat> in 2006 mm-hmm. when he debuted in 2006 that was a serious like are you are you ser- serious no yeah, like, he's here he's here yeah the roster didn't even know yeah, right yeah and he he pretty much carried the roster and a lot of people don't know this his run in tna was longer than his run in wwe and kurt angle said that the last interview that yeah. we we did and i think a lot of people don't don't know that. Yeah. yeah, he was in TNA longer than he was in WWE, and he had some of his best some of his matches. best matches in TNA. Yeah, not WWE. So, like, yeah, he did so much for the company, and I think without definitely without him, TNA wouldn't have been in that era of having one million views a week, and like he was the sole purpose for that. So. What do you think of the landscape of pro wrestling where we're at right now with so many great options? Oh, pro wrestling is great right now. Um, it actually reminds me of how I viewed pro wrestling growing up as a kid where you had WWF, you had WCW, you had um, ECW coming up and it was those big three and it was like, oh my God, this day is WWE or this day is WCW, this day is with um ecw now there's even more yeah there's literally there's wrestling show on every single day of the week yeah crazy right yeah. except for sundays and sometimes there's pay-per-views on sunday yeah so sometimes you get on a raw monday nxt tuesday aw wednesday impact thursday back to wwe friday and i think aw saturday and then a pay-per-view sunday is like <laughs> Every day of the week, crazy. Yeah, like, and we haven't even talked about New Japan when they had their big shows, or New Japan, AAA when they had NWA. their shows, CMLL, like NWA, yeah. like Ring of Honor, like wherever yeah. they're at. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I think right now this is the best generation or the best time in wrestling history because there's so many different companies and there's so many ways for guys who decide to do this for a living to make money to make a living and um i'm just happy for where wrestling is right now yeah it's it's a great time to be a wrestling fan but subsequently a great time to be a wrestler too you've right. got so many options right. like if it doesn't work out for you you don't fit in this company there's a whole bunch of other spots you right. can make a living right and that wasn't the case for a long time it right. was either you were with wwe or you tried to make it on the indies. Right. Now you've got an opportunity to sign a contract in a lot of places. Right, a lot of places, yeah. Actually make good money doing this. It, I'm so excited for what's, you know, the future is to come for you, but you've been on an amazing run right oh, now. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. It's, it's, I just surround myself with a lot of great, great people, great individu- individuals, and um, guys who I know can... Uh, make me be a better man in life and in this profession. And I, I think that's all that comes down to. So um, as long as I keep keep those same company and keep my same work ethic, I, I think 2024 would be great for me. Mr. TNA, 
Went from Mr. Impact to Mr. TNA. I actually, you know what? I actually threw away all the monikers. No monikers. No more monikers. Just straight up moose? Just straight up moose. You know how hard it must be for a ring announcer to say a one-syllable name? Yeah. <laughs> I think it should be easy. <laughs> moose. Yeah. Moose. Uh, I, I, I think it was time to give up the monikers because I feel like now everybody wants to be called something i feel like if i pull up your instagram right now it still says mr impact wrestling well, no, doesn't it no it says moose really yeah i've got all the world's information here yeah. in my pocket yeah it says moose there's moose it says mr impact wrestling really i thought i changed that here to, i got your phones I, over here yeah i i thought i changed it to, <laughs> yeah look oh that's my instagram I yeah said my twitter oh, okay you're yeah, my my twitter go on twitter what does it say on twitter Okay, we're gonna go on Twitter. <laughs> I I probably forgot to change it. I'm gonna change it from change it now, obviously. But Twitter, I definitely changed it. I I hate how difficult it is, Twitter, to find people's usernames. Like if I don't type, if your name is like the something or it's something, and I just type in Moose or whatever. What what is your? It's not, I think it's the Moose Nation. Yeah, that's right. See, if and so if I type in Moose Nation, yeah. which is your name on Instagram, it doesn't come up unless I type. The Moose. The Moose Nation. Mm. Okay, you don't have a bio there. Yeah, it just says Moose. Yeah, yeah. It I think I, moose. I totally forgot to do it for Instagram. Well, but I, I also with this with Instagram, I kind of make it more me as a human being, Quinn Ojanaka. And I do put a lot of work stuff on there, but in my Twitter is strictly just moose as a character well when we get off this interview i guess you're changing that yeah i'm changing i have to because we're not impact anymore so that's right yeah dude congrats on everything thank you appreciate you're it. on a hell of a run right now i think that uh you know this speaks for itself right here i end every conversation talking about gratitude it's such a big part of my life mm -hmm. i wake up every day i say out loud three things i'm grateful for it's a practice i do before i go to bed as well in fact, my wife texted me last night when I was still at the show. She's like, I'm heading to bed. Here's the three things I'm grateful for. I'm like, oh, man. So what are three things you're grateful for? Hmm. I'm grateful for all the individuals that in this path that I'm on, that I've met, that have helped me get me to this part. Obviously, my wife being one of them, she's so supportful. And... Without her, I probably wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. Like, I look at her as even more than white. I, I feel like our, and people say this, our relationship has gradually changed from spouse to, like, she's actually my best friend, you know? And without her, I wouldn't be in this position I, I, I'm in. She's so supportive. Um, she, under, she just gets me, you know what I'm saying? And it's hard to find somebody that just understand you you know what i'm saying um so i'm very grateful for in this path of life of meeting some of the great human beings that i've met um i'm always grateful to to take another breath because you never know i mean in 2023 we lost a lot of people yeah so you you never know when your last breath is um every time i wake up i'm grateful that god gave me another breath of life and Hmm. I'm grateful I get to do something I truly love for work. Yeah. Grateful for you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Congrats on this. So glad, glad we were able to catch up in person. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. 
Uh, I can't, I'm trying to remember the last time we did an interview. It was probably like a five minute thing at I forgot what show it was. We did something over Zoom, like maybe heart of the pandemic. Yeah. But then the very first interview, I'll even pull it up here. It, I drove to like Orlando is when I was living in um, Miami. And let's see if you even remember this one. This is from a long time oh, ago. Man. So we did an interview two years ago and we also did an interview. Oh, geez. I got to go way back here. I thought we did an interview like it was at some show. It was outside of a hotel. Yes, I do yes. remember. It was in California, wasn't it? No, it was in Orlando. I yeah. do remember that. Yes, yeah. yes. Look yes, at that yes, hat yeah, you yeah, got yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That's when I first got the TNA. Yeah. Yeah, that was early. I do yeah. remember that. Yes. That's, yeah. It says five years ago, but I feel like it's... No, that's way longer. It was... Uh, I'll give you the exact date here. April 24th, 2018. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was the first ever one we did. Yeah. And then the the last one I remember, I don't I don't know where it was. Was it a WrestleCon or something? It was something. No, it was we did it over Zoom. Was it Zoom? Yeah. It was uh with all the world's information here. This is great. Uh as these ads are playing on my YouTube channel and making all this money. Uh it was October 2021. Oh wow. Yeah. Was it after I was I the champion then? No, I wasn't a champion yet. I think yet. so. No. I won it a little bit after. I won it at Bound for Glory in, in 2021, I believe so. That was right. I think it. I think that was right before Bound for yeah, Glory. Yeah, that was right before yes. Bound for Glory. Right before That's I won right. it. Yeah. yeah. Dude, thank you. Thank you for having me. And congrats. I'm going to touch this one more time. No, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. That's pretty great. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Okay, there we go. Moose, ladies and gentlemen. And I got to say, that TNA World Championship looks even better in person. That design is just a thing, a beauty. How long do you think it'll be before we see a match between Nick Nemeth and Moose for that TNA World Championship? Man, I've, I've been such a TNA fan for years. I talked about it during this interview. If you've ever listened to any of my Ask CVV episodes, I love TNA. I'd like, I, I got into it like pretty early on. I remember downloading clips of it pretty early on, but like that 04, 05, 06, 07, like that whole range of time and the matches they had there, amazing. And I feel like we're on the cusp of TNA being able to do that type of stuff again. Like wrestling in general is hot right now. But the idea that like it's it's not just WWE, it's not just AEW, it's not just New Japan, it's not just TNA, it's as as a whole. I love it, man. Rising tides, lifting all ships. Take a screenshot, let us know you're listening to this, tag us, and we can share it out as well. He's at the Moose Nation on Twitter. He's at Moose Nation69 on Instagram. I'm at Chris Van Fleet. I will leave you with this quote from Helen Keller. Life is a succession of lessons which must be lived to be understood. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one. We got an animal theme going with these two episodes. Moose today, rhino tomorrow. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight.